Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with mike palm and mike pusher now here's your host timmy abbefe on vsin the sports betting network Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line. Hanging out with you guys here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Palm, the VP of Operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino. And Mike Pritchard, our recent NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League. Former first-round pick to the Atlanta Falcons and national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes. Splitness. Wow. Sorry, disrespect for the texters. There there was three polls and we won two. Majority rules. Majority rules. The guys that coach the game, they know what's going on. Yeah. Osborne. <laughs> Shout out to the coaches, Paul. Good thing we don't do oh things that goodness. way anymore. Yeah, like they watch every single game. <laughs> yeah. A lot of tape. They're looking at a lot of They're tape. Grinding. Right. Right. Pour me another cup of coffee. <laughs> we had a fun first hour. We have a fun second hour on deck for you guys. Uh, Michael Calabrese, college football betting analyst at the Action Network, will join us in 30 minutes to give us his plays in the bowl games this weekend here. We'll see who he likes also in the CFP semifinals. He does have a bet in both games, so we'll ask him that coming up here in 30 minutes. But let's start, Pritch, with one of your other former teams, the Denver Broncos, because yeah. it's been a big week in the Rocky Mountains. Denver, uh, a few weeks ago, looked like they were headed towards the playoffs. Now they have benched Russell Wilson after uh, making that trade a couple years ago, giving him all that money. And uh, Sean Payton and that coaching staff and the organization says no more. We don't want to do it with Russell Wilson. Uh, what's kind of your thoughts and what we've heard ever since they came out with the benching and kind of what's gone into that and how we kind of got here. So many layers. I mean, first of all, Peyton talked about, Sean Payton talked about a spark. That's what they're moving, making this move. Yep. Well, Russell and whatever spark they had, I mean, that was a full-fledged fire. And when you win six games in a row uh, and get yourself into a playoff picture. Uh, so he, I don't know if Peyton's trying to imply that this is performance-driven. It, You know, Russell Wilson, you can use excuses. I know some people have Mark Slareth and and others have really come out and strongly and said that Russell is not living up to his contract, which he probably isn't. Uh, We know that. But I don't think Sean Payton, certainly the front office, is living up to their situation with their contracts either. The Denver Broncos spent more money and free agency than any other team last year, this past offseason. The results are not representing that. So if you are a coach just trying to implement your own culture, your own 
uh, environment trying to create what you want, then you're going to impose your will here. And I think that's what Sean Payton's doing. Like, so look, this happened before I got here with Russell Wilson and I'm making it all about him and that contract situation. And I'm distracting you from the fact that we've been poor with our assertion in terms of what we've done in the offseason to help build this football team. They jettisoned some high profile guys because they were bad apples. They, I mean, the front office has done a horrible job of trying to build this team up uh, at the same time trying to fact, figure out if Russell Wilson is going to be your quarterback in the future. But Pritch, to defend Peyton, I mean, they went to him, what, three or four weeks ago and said, if you don't defer the money, you're done. You're not playing. Well, they threatened him. They threatened that, yeah. right? But that, that wasn't Matt Peyton, Sean Peyton doing that. That was, a, that was, that the, was front the front office, office. right? And right. then when the front office says we're going to follow through on the threat, now it's Peyton's job to sell it as it was a decision exactly. to give it his best chance to yeah. win Spark. Yep. And I think he kind of, in a Salah way, you know, you're saying what you're saying, saying, yeah, it's a good point, but I can't replace all five offensive linemen. I can't replace four wide receivers. I can only, there's only one position I can replace, and that's what I'm yeah. doing, cushioning what the decision was as a commentary on Russell Wilson. Not only that, but then also distancing yourself from the previous regime in the front office too. Um, there's always, and Michael Lombardi, I'm sure you guys can dive into this and uh, what happens upstairs oftentimes, but um, clearly the Broncos, it's sad to say this, but they have not been on the same page uh, ever since that Super Bowl 50. Uh, from a front office standpoint, it's the reason why John Elway is no longer there. Uh, it's the reason why the trust is no longer an ownership situation. They've, they got owners now. Uh, so you're trying to, and I think Ellie, our producer, mentioned this, save your desk right now, right? Yeah, guard uh, the desk. Guard your desk if you're a front office, if you're Sean Payton. You know, say, look, this is what I, this is the direction I want to go in. Uh, we, we know you want your own quarterback, Sean. I mean, every, every head coach wants their own quarterback. Uh, and every head coach wants somebody that they can work with. And uh, undressing Russell on the sideline didn't do any favors for you as a coach because what that did is you just knocked him down so far that his teammates who want to play for him don't, don't no longer respect him because of the way you undressed him in that Lions game. Uh, and, and that right there is you can't do that as a coach. Name me a head coach that undressed a superstar quarterback like that. Outside of what McMahon back in the day, or or Phil Sims yeah, with Parcells, Parcells. Yep. You, you don't see a head coach doing that to a player. Former superstar quarterback. He's a former. Well, isn't he? Is he a superstar but quarterback? He's paid like a superstar quarterback. But right? is he a superstar? Well, quarterback? I, I think the perception on that roster for the Broncos is that this guy's a superstar. Yeah. But in our eyes, he's nowhere close to what he was up in Seattle. But they know that in the team because they've, they've taken away, sure. how, throwing the ball. They want him to run the ball. They've, they've tried to limit his role on that team. But how is your team going to play for that guy now when your coach just undressed him the way that he did? So now you go to sit him, right? Now you try to get a bump. Yeah. And now you get guys, that, oh, let's rally behind this young guy, you know, and we're going we're gonna to help uplift, uplift him. And it, that, this just coaches speak. It's just, a, it's just massaging the same methods that coaches have used in the National Football League or teams have used for National Football League for decades. It's just massaging it for today's NFL, really. Uh, so it's no different. But it's unfortunate that it seems that it's all about Russell Wilson. Uh, and... I, I tell you, I, I think it's the tip of the iceberg in terms of what's going to happen with this organization in terms of from a front office standpoint, all the missteps and mistakes that they've made uh, along the way. If they don't get it right, if they don't right the ship or, or make it look better to the owners in these last two games, there's going to be a lot of changes uh, with that organization.
but not Sean Payton. No, no. I mean, he's there for yeah. Yeah, he's but, he's but George Payton, the general oh, manager. Sure. I mean, George, I think. I mean, that contract he gave Russell when he didn't have to. Um, that's something that's coming to light as well, right? I mean, yeah, I, I think new GM. You're, you're talking about new scouting. I mean, you're talking about Sean Payton getting everything he wants probably uh, in that organization from an ownership standpoint. Which, if you're Sean Payton, when you took this job, it's like, okay, let's see what happens in year one, yeah. and then by year two, this is my place. Yeah. Does it become a power struggle and you know a, a situation in which the the GM is not the GM before Sean Payton? Absolutely, absolutely. Those things happen all the time. And and the the biggest reason why they did this, at least from my vantage point, was the financials. Like, like that's why they obviously went for the 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 injury guarantee, the thirty seven million dollars, and then that you go ahead and bench him. It's a, a little bit similar to Derek Carr with the Raiders last year, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you're moving on from a guy. Uh, you know, you don't like that contract. You try to do anything and everything you want to. You don't threaten a player first of all to do that. Uh, you can go to a player and say, "Look, you know, right now it's not working out. Let's let's restructure." You can do some stuff like that. Maybe some pay cut stuff like that. Pete Manning took a pay cut uh, from John Elway when he was no longer uh, PFM. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It, everybody does that. Everybody restructures or takes a pay, if, if you want that player. Now, if you don't want that player, then you're going to do dirty pool. You're going to mm. you're going to threaten them. <laughs> you're going to bench them. Uh, you're certainly going to put out feelers to see if we can trade them. But you're not going to trade that contract. Maybe. Who knows? You, you might be able to trade the contract. But, mm. uh, uh, you know, right now, every, everything to everybody else is presented that the Broncos, no, Broncos no longer want Russell Wilson. Uh. If they had beaten New England and, and were better than 50-50 to make the playoffs, would they have made this move? They wanted to make the move during their win yeah. streak, right? I think they've always yeah. wanted to move off the contract or adjust the contract. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Like, like if they didn't lose to the Texans and they didn't lose yeah. to the Patriots, yeah. uh, maybe it would be a restructure. Maybe it would be different type of language with Russell Wilson. Yeah, because like they made this decision, and like they're still technically – mathematically alive for right. the playoffs. Now, like what is it's, it, 8%? It's, I mean, yeah, it's better than zero. <laughs> but it's like you're still technically mathematically yeah. alive, and they still kind of pulled the trigger on this thing, just saying that, hey, we're just completely done but with But the sit bump is real because now they're in a position where they want to show to the ownership that this is going this to work. Could, yeah. So so are they a play this week then for you? I, I think they could be. I mean, it's the Chargers one. Uh, but then... I mean, the, the hook, I, you know, I'm, I'm not interested in the hook, though, right? I mean, I got to look at a number. I can't just say, hey, emotionally, I want to sit a bump, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I, honestly, though, like, minus 185 on the money line, I, I don't typically lay that on money line, but I don't think that's the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I laid three with, the, with Denver when they announced it, and the market went down to three. I was like, if, if Easton Stick beats me, whatever. But even minus 185 with yeah. Denver, like... I think the Chargers are completely done. Like, I saw that, yeah, they had the nice dead cat bounce in the first game after Staley got fired, but now this is the week after, and it's been Christmas. Like, are those guys really dialed in? Like, I I think Denver might put something on them on Sunday. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, if you're going to if you're gonna look at this, like what we just talked about, um, Sean Payton is invested in making this work and then also asserting himself within this organization with new owners. 
get some positive vibes going into 2024. So maybe we'll get a, all the plays that he ever wanted to call. <laughs> we'll get that with Jared Stidham coming up on Sunday. Real quick, uh, we got about 60 seconds. This Jair Alexander situation mm-hmm. in Green Bay, suspended conduct detrimental to the team, going out there and gate crashing the coin toss before the game last Sunday, which is even crazy to say out loud, but it happened. Uh, what, what's going on in the locker room right now for Green Bay? Like, is this season just completely off the rails or can they rally behind this? I, I, off the rails. I mean, no, no uh, credibility for the floor right now in that locker room. I mean, you're going to take it upon yourself as a player to just walk out on the field. Where's who's the authority? Where's the authority? Right. Uh, and I said this before, are you interested in, in calling plays? Or are you interested in being a head coach? Uh, and, and the has got work to do in terms of trying to mature this young roster uh, or mature or keep the maturity on the roster uh, or certainly keep everybody, uh, you know, that, that needs to be on that roster coachable in, in those situations. So, I, I think it's off the rails, to be honest with you. I think it's just telling them really the environment or, or lack of culture uh, for that team right now. Well, now we're going to see it in primetime Sunday night football to end the new year, uh, to end the year, to welcome in the new year uh, in Minneapolis there, where it's going to be Jaron Hall who starts at quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that, that throws a monkey wrench yeah. into this, right? Yeah, I it mean, does. it does. makes this a tough handicap. Whew. If the Packers went out and the Rams lose to the Niners, Packers make the playoffs, by the way. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Look at the bet smarter than VEASAN has the perfect holiday gift for you. Sign up on our holiday special today and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st for only $79. You sign up today and you get the unlimited access to the daily best bets, the exclusive betting splits, premium analysis, and 24-7 video, plus all our betting guides and best bets for all college bowl games, the Super Bowl, and March Madness. Don't miss out on this limited time offer now. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to sign up on our holiday special. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. 
Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network. Femi Bebefe, Mike Paul, Mike Pritchard here on a football Friday. Michael Calabrese of the Action Network college football betting analyst will be joining us in the next segment. He has plays on both semifinal games, the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl. Also has some games, uh, bets in tonight's game in the Cotton Bowl. So we'll get some good stuff from Michael Calabrese. But uh, wanted to get to the CFP semifinals because we haven't had a chance to kind of talk about this game in depth. And this will be our last show before the games kick off our last Monday. show. Day. Or is it just our last show before, this year? Before the CFP. Okay. We got just, another month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that would, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> it's, just, it's just our last show before the CFP. Uh, and I do want to start with this Rose Bowl. Alabama, Michigan, granddaddy of them all. Uh, the Wolverines, two-point favorites. This has kind of bounced back and forth between one and two for uh, ever since this was uh, announced as the Rose Bowl. The totals at 45. Do you guys have a preferred side in this game here? I know a lot of people have been betting Bama, as Jick Jack said in the first hour, but... It seems like is Michigan that unpopular favorite. I uh, so I took two in the opener because I really believed Alabama would close the favorite, and so I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think we're, it, the worst will be is one Michigan yeah. one. Um, you know, this game went to one and a half last weekend and went right back to two and then to one and a half. Um, I think if Michigan plays their best game of the year, they obviously could beat Alabama. Um, but I don't think it's lining up and trying to run the football right at him. I think they're going to have to throw the ball. I think they're going to have to spread it out like they did against TCU last year in the semifinal game. And I think their defense is good enough if you can keep uh, Milrow in the pocket Mm -hmm. to win the game. That being said, I don't think they've had to contend with this kind of speed other than Ohio State. And to me, Ohio State played him dead even, and that was in the big house. This is a neutral. I give a slight edge to Alabama. I took the two thinking I would have a lot of CLV. Uh, I'm not. But that's where it stands, and I'm re- I'm really most of all looking forward to watching the game, Pritch. Looking forward to watching yeah. the game, yeah, uh, hands down. Um, you know the whole build up and the whole preparation angle. Like for instance, Michigan, they're not complicated in their scheme, uh, and they've simplified the game for their players, and that's why they've executed at a high level all year. Uh, Alabama tinkered a, a little bit, uh, quarterback in, quarterback out. Uh, they found a formula, they found what works, uh, and and so they're going to work on those similar things too, like. For Michigan to change who they are and to spread them out, I mean, they could implement that and put that in there, maybe a change of pace. But their bread and butter is trying to run the ball and be, be physical, right? Uh, play action <clears throat> off of that, too, and uh, get players for Alabama to overcommit and stuff like that. B- bad eyes, all those kind of things. But, you know, mistakes could happen in this game, too. Long layoff. Um, I, I'm not I'm not thinking that execution is going to be at a slow pace or or they're not going to be prepared for this game. Both these teams are going to be highly prepared for this game. I'm trying to look for ways in Mich- for ways for Michigan to win it. I don't know if there are ways, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think Alabama is pretty hot right now and how they're playing, how they're executing Auburn aside, rivalry game aside. Um, Ohio State rivalry game aside. I, the body of work for Michigan, too, I still question how competitive that conference was this year. Mm. Uh, and I know SEC was down, uh, certainly. Uh, and I, I just, Alabama against Georgia in that game, they found another level. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's saving. And can Michigan find another level? Uh, I don't know, certainly from a laying it standpoint, but uh, the opportunity to get two is probably gone, uh, like Mike was talking about, though. But uh, Alabama uh, looks like the side to me. Well, there's still some twos out there if you want to go ahead and take two. There's even an off-the-grid place that has two and a half. So maybe there's more Michigan interest that comes in. Maybe I don't think we'll ever get to three, but you might be able to get up to two and a half here. And I agree with you about Michigan's schedule. 
I think the Big Ten was a Mickey Mouse conference this yeah. year. Like, I don't think it was good at all. Like, I watched a lot of Michigan football just because, like, those big noon kickoff games were always the best games in that early window. And I watched a lot of Ohio State, and I watched that conference quite a bit. Penn State as well. Was never impressed. Yeah. Was never impressed. I think that's a good win beating Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State wasn't that good this year. But to, it wasn't traditional to, Ohio State. To, to and me, it's a robbery game too, though. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, you have to beat who you play. But I mean, yeah. like, look at like what, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, you Michigan you State. <laughs> okay, hang the banner. Let's be fair. I mean, I mean, it, we are being fair. We're, we're scrutinizing the schedule. Penn State. I'm with come you. On. I'm on Alabama. But here, <laughs> the game that you're not pointing to because it's not on there Iowa. is Iowa. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Yeah. They averaged 3.1 yards a play against Iowa. They couldn't run the ball against Iowa. Iowa's ineptitude on offense and the one punt return put them in all the way. They did not drive the ball down the field against Iowa. I don't think they can just run up and execute and run the ball no. against Alabama. Yeah. I think they lose trying to do that. Yeah. I think yeah. they're going to have to use, like you say, you're going to have to change Iowa. You're going to have to use some deception here and then hope to get to a lead and let your defense keep Milrow in the pocket and maybe he makes a few mistakes. Where Alabama probably doesn't have to change. I mean, I the way, that, the way that they're playing, the no. way that they've <laughs> figured out how to play, uh, they don't have to change. They don't can, have to deviate. Can, I understand Ohio State has the two All-American wide receivers, but but tight end play and the whole cast of running backs, the quarter, the speed of the, the six back yeah. of offense, they haven't had to deal with that no, speed. No, no, not at all. You don't see anything yeah. like that in the Big no, Ten? No, nothing like that. <laughs> nothing remotely yeah. close. And like, and Bama's gone against like the LSU defense, or uh, so LSU offense, sorry, the LSU yeah. defense, that's a whole other thing. But like they face like Jaden yep. Daniels and that dynamic offense. Like they know what it's like to go against different types of offenses. I don't think there's anything remotely close to what Bama does in the Big Ten. So yeah, to me, this is Bama or pass. Like I'll probably have a bet on Bama. You know what? I'll probably have an underdog money line parlay. The, 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 it's called Both the, of them. The, the coaches matter parlay. Yeah. Give me Saban. Give me DeBoer. And that's our national title, in my opinion. You're anti-Sark. Believe me, I watched some Sark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Seven wins Sark in Seattle. I will say, in this game, in the Rose Bowl, both these coaches are big fans of each other. You know, Har oh, yeah. Harbaugh yeah. and Saban are. And Harbaugh's a really good coach. I don't want, like, it's not shade, but Saban's a, a legend. Coach. Yeah. yeah, Saban's a legend. I remember when he took Stanford as a 41-point dog and beat USC out. Yeah. I mean, he's won yeah. wherever he's gone. Yes. They're bothering him at the Rose, at the, at this <laughs> Disneyland, asking if he's going to the Chargers. <laughs> and he, he talked for seven minutes and said nothing. He said the same thing <laughs> every time. We just want to dominate the day. We're going to dominate the day. Uh, what do you guys think of the Sugar Bowl, though? Because it's mm. four, four and a half, pending on where you shop. Texas is the favorite. This one, a much more high scoring affair. 63 and a half is, uh, is the total. This well, is a disrespectful line again to Washington. Yeah. I think it's disrespectful. There's no yeah. respect for this team. Washington money line. Yeah, I bet yeah, it. I, I took I four and a half, and I bet it yep. money line. Yeah, I'm not going to waste the time with the four and a half. Well, I'm just going to go money line. I do I'm, think it'll be a high scoring game. Yeah, yeah I'm watching analysts talk about the trenches and and how Texas is going to dominate no, Washington so. for, from a, a four letter network, not Beeson. Uh, <laughs> these these analysts are just. <laughs> they're they're just it's buying that crap, right? It's like, wait a minute. Do you know Washington's won a national championship before? You you right. know that that program is storied, right? And how all of a sudden is Texas and those monsters just going to dominate the line of scrimmage? And I just watched Washington here in Vegas take on Oregon, who's built like an SEC team. And Washington dominated the line. They dominated the trenches. Yep. I mean... I, I'm not going to buy into that. Uh, it's plus four on our screen here. Uh, I mean, uh, there's there's a lot to like and a lot to do with the bet with plus four Washington. Yeah, it's 
because it's such a high total, like like the points can obviously come into play. I don't want to act like the point spread just doesn't matter at all. I just feel like because I think we're going to get a high scoring game because there are cracks in Washington's defense, although Washington's defense, and I thought like the Pac-12 game really showed it once it was actually healthy, like they were against Oregon the second time around, much better than what we had seen yeah. over the final month of the regular season. Mm-hmm. So I think the Washington defense probably a little bit underrated, but I think that we'll see a high scoring affair to where I think this could be one of those last team with the football sort of wins. And in a close game, where coaching decisions matter, I'm much more confident in Kalen DeBoer than I am Steve Sarkeesian. Sark has done a terrific job getting this Texas team to the playoff. They've done a terrific job recruiting, but I still would be a lot more confident in DeBoer than I would Sark. I, I go back to your schedule argument against Michigan. They beat one team in the top 21 on the AP poll at Alabama very early in the year, right? The Big 12 was not deep, and nope. it, it had a bunch of teams like 25 to 40 in the country. Yep. Um, you know, we didn't say it at the time, but they went to Tucson and won. That's a pretty good win. Yeah, they yeah. won in a terrible rainstorm, which favored Oregon State and Corvallis in that running game, and they won. And I think Penix wasn't healthy for a stretch, right. and he's healthy now. I think the first drive of the Pac-12 championship game told you all you wanted to know. They spread him out. They converted every play. They held Oregon to only they only three third down conversions in that game, even though the average yards to go was five. This team makes the plays. They swarm to the ball on defense. I got them plus seven fifty as well to win the, the title. Would you heading into oh, heading nice, into these nice. games? Would wow. you would you guys consider at all the left handed quarterback aspect of this? Because you think about Dylan Gabriel, right? And OU, mm-hmm. uh, that he cooked he, he cooked, cooked Texas. And so, uh, what is that an example for Texas to learn from, or is that something that they could be susceptible to? I think they'll be susceptible to it because they ain't seen a team with the receivers that watch. They can't cover this team. But I I, I like it over as well. I I think this game goes over. I think I think Texas will move the ball as well, but but I don't think they can handle Penix in this this receiving. Huskies money line. I'm gonna go ahead and put a little parlay together on the side, but my main bet will be Washington money line. But you gonna parlay with Alabama money line? I'll do a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Both of them. That's what we're gonna do here. (laughs) Happy New Year. (laughs) All right. Michael Calabrese joins us next year to break down these bowl games on the other side. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebefe, on VSN, the sports betting network. Become a VSN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VSN.com slash picks page, sort picks by sport, matchup, event, date, and more. Check the top VSN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI and see which VSN expert has the hot hand. For VSN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access, become a VSN Pro subscriber today. Sign up now for only $9.99 at VSN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line. Mike Pritchard on the far end. Mike Palm in the middle. Femi Bebefe here on the left side of your screen on a football Friday. And uh, joining us now as we continue our CFP discussion and talk about some of the other bowl games as well. The one and only Michael Calabrese, college football betting analyst over at the Action Network. Michael, hope all is well. Hope the holidays have treated you well. Early Happy New Year wishes to you as well. Let's get right into the Rose Bowl, though. The granddaddy of them all, Alabama against Michigan. Right now, the Wolverines two-point favorites, total 45 is is there a side that you like in this contest coming up on Monday? Yeah, I think the wrong team's favored here. I'll go ahead and take the the slight Ooh. plus money, you know, plus one of five on the Crimson Tide. I think this breaks down to the game within the game, and it's all about the Michigan offensive line. How do they look without their best offensive lineman, their guard out? And can they protect 
their quarterback because J.J. McCarthy clearly wasn't right in terms of his legs down the stretch. They're saying that he's going to be able to have that dual threat ability again in this game. Well, that's going to be tested because they haven't done a great job on the edges and Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. They're going to come in waves at this Michigan offense and passing situations. And another element of it, too, when you look at some of the advanced stats, Alabama has the huge advantage on the perimeter in Kool-Aid McKinstry and Terion Arnold. But Michigan's best chance to move the football through the air is in the slot. Roman Wilson has been their ace in the passing game. And this is on Kevin Steele to do something different to basically improve their numbers because they've been below average by a power five standard in terms of defending the slot this year. If they're able to put the shackles on Wilson and really get after McCarthy, I think Alabama has a chance to win a rock fight here because make no mistake, I think both of these defenses are legit. And I think Michigan is going to take a little bit of the the game plan that they've seen work against Milrow this year, which essentially is do not give up the big throw. He has 24 big time throws this year, and he's made zero interception turnover worthy throws over 20 yards. So he's the best deep ball thrower in the game. That's not lost on the Michigan staff. So they're going to force him to beat them in the intermediate. And if he can't do that, it's going to be one of those games played in the teens, maybe low twenties, but I still like Alabama to be able to get through here and get to the national title game. Yeah, Michael, I agree with you. I like Alabama too, uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, like you, you, what you just mentioned, you know, I, I'm interested in your thoughts. though. like if Michigan's going to have to change, because Mike Palm talked about this, too, and, and what they would have to do all this prep time and uh, maybe betters are anticipating that when you have a quarterback that's thrown on average, what, 22 passes per game. It's like, how much can they skew that? You know what I mean? Like, can they get the 30 passes? Can they get the 35 passes and and expect to win? Or are they going to just say, look, we're here because we run the football and because we're tough. And, you know, if we're going to win this game, we're, we're just going to have to be highly efficient that way. I think Alabama would love it if Michigan threw it 35 times in this game, <laughs> because that's just added opportunity for their pass rushers to get home. And I, I really do think it, it, the handicap is as simple as coming down to is JJ McCarthy 100% or not? Because he is somebody who, you know, when he was healthy and particularly last year, he was moving the chains. He was picking up critical third downs with his legs. But if he's not able to do that, I think you're going to see him turn into a pumpkin, basically the way he did down the stretch when they faced quality defenses. Because a lot of their stats were inflated by one of the worst you know, power five conference slates and non-conference slates of the entire you know season. So when you look at what he's able to do, he's only a difference maker if he has his legs. So it wouldn't be a bad idea necessarily to keep your money on the sidelines, watch that first drive and see what he has from a physical perspective and then jump in on a live line. I want to talk about Michael about uh, on New Year's morning in Orlando in the Citrus Bowl. Now Milton's out. We've seen this line crash down from north of a touchdown to under a touchdown. Obviously, we know about Iowa's defense. They held Michigan to 3.1 yards per play in the Big Ten Championship. Michigan could not run the ball effectively on them. Um, How does Tennessee attack Iowa? And did you make a play in this game? You know, I think this game is just begging for kind of a fun, exotic alternate line. What I think is interesting is the narrative has always been the same on Kirk Ferentz. He wants to go ahead and win in low scoring games, rely on his defense. Yet he has three bowl wins of 21 points or more in the last 15 years. So when everything goes right for his team, usually they win going away. And I think there's an opportunity to play them on that alternate line, you know, lay 10, lay 13. It may seem crazy for an offense that has struggled as much as they've struggled this year. But I think Tennessee putting a first time starter up against this Iowa defense, that's a recipe for disaster. Feeding him is the meat grinder of what the Hawkeyes have done on defense with Phil Parker as their D.C. I think there's an opportunity in this 
this game to play a big time alternate and go with Iowa to win by you know double digits. Because if you do, the payouts are exorbitant. You can get 10, 15, 20 to one on those payouts. And for a game that doesn't have a lot of sex appeal, why not kind of spruce it up a little bit with an exotic play? You mean an Iowa game is not one that everybody wants to watch? I mean, that's that's uh, that's surprising. <laughs> Are you gonna uh, argue with me? Brian Ferentz might go out in a blaze of glory here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't wait for that one. Be holding my breath. We're speaking with Michael Calabrese, college football betting analyst over at the Action Network. How about the other semifinal game, the nightcap in New Orleans, the Sugar Bowl between Texas and Washington Longhorns, four point favorites, total sixty three and a half. Once again, another national semifinal. I think the wrong team is favored. I think Let's by go. my power rankings, I have Washington minus one. I'm going to take him plus 150 on the money line. It starts with Steve Sarkeesian, who has not been a great bowl coach, two and three straight up, one and four against the spread. And I, a lot of this sometimes seems as though fans are complaining or analysts are making excuses. But Washington just wasn't very healthy basically by midway through the season, through the end of the year. Now they're 100%. Dylan Johnson back from a foot injury. Their their secondary was really banged up, and you saw when they got everyone back, particularly at safety, how much better they looked defensively against Oregon. They shut down the Oregon running game, and they didn't give up explosives for the majority of the game against Bo Nix. And on top of everything else, Zach Durfee. Here's a name to keep an eye on. He's freed from NCAA eligibility prison because of the federal lawsuit basically putting a stay, a hold on the NCAA's powers. That brings him into the fold. He's 6'5", 250, and he's getting all this crazy buzz. He was someone who they were hoping they would get on the field this year, had a great spring, and in the bowl practices has been just eating up their offensive line, which, by the way, the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. So if Washington gets a little bit better in the pass rush in this game, I think that's a huge edge. But additionally, I think what's interesting, the game within the game, is Texas plays quarter coverage just about as much as any power team in the country. And they're going to do it in this game because Jalen McMillan, Polk, you know, Adunze, those are big play wide receivers. So what they want to do, just as they did last year in the Alamo Bowl, they want to say, beat us in the intermediate, keep the chains moving, we're going to take away every big play. Washington was happy to do that last year. And you saw what Penix was able to do in the short game and in the screen game. And what's interesting, Colin Wilson, my colleague at the Action Network, went through and he was looking at very much at a granular level. Texas has one of the lowest pass grades and coverage against hitch routes and against wide receiver screens. So if they are going to force Washington to dink and dunk, I think the Huskies can get it done. And on the flip side, Texas has not fared well against man coverage. Washington's going to play a lot of it in this game. And then once again, another injury in a semifinal that you got to keep an eye on is Xavier worthy, fully healthy. They said he's going to go, but this is somebody who had a lower body injury, who was held out in the big 12 title game. If he's not a hundred percent, I think that man coverage is going to create some opportunities for them to heat up Quinn Ewers in this game and have him make some mistakes. And for that reason, I actually think Washington's the better play here, both schematically and in terms of having a full deck. Whereas you look at Texas, not having Jonathan Brooks, I think is going to rear its head a little bit because he's somebody who could have been a game changer as a dope Walker semifinalist. It's a busy weekend for the stadium staff at AT AT&T in Dallas. We've got the Cotton Bowl tonight and tomorrow Lions at Cowboys. But let's talk about this game this evening. As more and more Buckeyes opt in, we've seen this line sort of run away now. Five, it's touched five and a half in some spots. Michael, why are you drink witzing the Missouri (laughs) Kool-Aid? All right, let's pump the brakes a little bit on Devin Brown. He wasn't good enough to unseat Kyle McCord, and I think we can all agree he was, you know, at best a B, B-plus quarterback for Ohio State this year. And now all of a sudden he's going to be a big game-changer without Marvin Harrison Jr., who really made their passing game go. I realize they're getting a lot of players opting in. They're getting healthier in this game. 
But Mizzou was playing as well as any team in the country coming down the stretch. They have a great big three in this game between Cook, Schrader, and Burden the third. And defensively, even with Ennis, Rake Straw on the sidelines with an injury, this is still a Mizzou defense that can heat you up. They finished 13th in Havoc, and they were really stout against the run. So I think, you know, in terms of the different elements of this game and can they slow down Ohio State's offense, I think absolutely. And to take plus 165 on the money, you know, in the market, it's always all the way up to plus 180. I think that's just way too much value to pass up on a Mizzou team that has three wins over ranked opponents and threw a scare into Georgia. So they've proven that the stage is not going to be too big for them here in the Cotton Bowl. Awesome. Do you have any uh, thoughts on the total there? It's sitting at 51. You think this is a higher scoring game or a little bit lower scoring? I think, you know, the loss of Rakestraw can't be overstated. I do think Ohio State's going to be able to hit some big plays in the passing game. But Mizzou, I think, is so well balanced that they're going to be able to score. So if I were to take a side in terms of the total, I would go over. All right, he is Michael Calabrese, college football betting analyst over at the Action Network. Check out all his work on Twitter, or on X, I should say, at East Breeze is where you can find Breeze with an S. Uh, Michael, congratulations, man. Uh, appreciate the the uh, coming in and uh, giving us some of these plays, and uh, good luck with all the bets. Thank you. Appreciate it, Happy guys. New Year. Happy New Year. New Year. That's what I meant to say. I said con- yeah, congratulations yeah, yeah, yeah. instead, but I said, yeah, I guess congratulations. Congratulations early on, on plus 180. On fi- <laughs> yeah. Also that. <laughs> and finishing 2023. We'll finish the show <laughs> next on the other side. It's the Lombardi line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbafe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. This week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly, and they will get the NBA League Pass for the rest of the season. Download the app and use the promo code VSEN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Bebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard. Final segment for us here. Final football Friday of 2023. Uh, thanks for 
rolling along here on the ride all football season long. We'll be back, of course, to celebrate the new year next Friday. But I just wanted to point out this is the final one of the year 2023. And before we go forward, uh, a pro tip that we were talking about earlier in the show, and this one we discussed it during the break here, is that at this point of the NFL season, late in the year, if you are getting into the awards betting, uh, don't fight against the media narratives for these award races. Like If the media is telling you something, these are the people who are voting on the award. These are people who decide if you cash your ticket or not. Instead of arguing against them, listen and maybe find out if you can go ahead and bet it. That's my advice for people who want to dabble into the awards race, especially late, like midway. You can kind of play against some of the narratives. But at this point of the season, minds start to get made up. Don't fight it. Just bet it. How about that, Elliot? Fresh off the bench with narratives. Nice <laughs> yeah. job here. Yeah. You, you cleaned up what you were talking about in the break. You, you give a guy some time <laughs> off and he's coming here throwing 98 over the plate. Caesar you know? was tremendous, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, you like I, Caesar? I, really, I enjoyed that. So that we, we have a deep bench. <laughs> how, how many people have you thrown shots at? No, no shot. I'm trying to give a kid a compliment. Yeah. And, and you, you always... On your think pro that I have ill intentions. I did not have ill intentions. Family. On your pro tip, family, let's put it to the test. So, like, yep. say Lamar doesn't have a great game and they lose, uh, even though the narrative is on Lamar Jackson right now for MVP. Or, or like, is it so strong that, it, you know, if he has a subpar game, I mean, is that going to sway this situation for MVP in the National Football League. I would be curious to see where, I mean, like I'm not one of the people that's talking in the, in the media. So yeah. it's like, it's, I, I can only give my opinion on what they might say if Lamar played poorly. Mm -hmm. My guess is that the narrative would shift once okay. again. I think we'd see another favorite that's minus 200, all of a sudden go down to like eight to one or something like that. And then my guess is that Tua's price would be the one that gets the biggest change. Okay. If Miami's able to win the game, I don't know if that means they would, they would vote for Tua, yeah. but I think his price would change for sure. To well, the Josh Allen has an unbelievable game, though. All of I, a sudden, I think it sets it up a, there, a right? week 18 yeah. narrative. Yeah. But if it's not just losing, right? It's Lamar has multiple turnovers. Playing and, poorly as well. Right? Yeah. He has to also play poorly. Right. Yeah, but but, he, but no. here's the thing, though, with Lamar, though, like, and like, if he loses and he has four touchdowns, like, yes, I think people would still vote for him. But if they, even if they lose and he has an average game, because his numbers aren't like that great, especially compared to his previous MVP mm -hmm. season. But I mean, he's not in the top 10 in passing yards, not in the top 10 in passing touchdowns. I think he's like eighth or ninth in QBR. Right. He's about 12th in EPA per play. Like he's not had like a statistical right. MVP right. season that even if they lose and he plays average, I think he kind of gets knocked off the perch there and somebody else can go ahead and take the award. Okay. So that, that's, I mean, that's my thought process in terms of, uh, I know he's captured the narrative now. For now. But yeah. everything's been so late. fluid. Yeah. Very, very, very late. Very yeah. late, too. Purdy but, had the narrative last week. Yeah, but so is, like, for instance, I don't know, Josh Allen. Like, like could Christian McCaffrey run for 200 yards against this Washington defense? You know, you wonder what happens to the narrative there again. So it gets very, very interesting, though, uh, down I, the stretch here. I thought that game was set up for McCaffrey mm -hmm. to go off with all the intercept. If they could have come back and won that game and he gets 150, right. that would have been yeah. the perfect yeah. scenario. Yeah. Like at halftime, I'm saying it's all set up if you think. Mm -hmm. Now bet him now at halftime, yeah. but then they got too far behind. Yeah. 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 More turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> but it did set the first half really set up for him. Because sure. he had it like 80 yards rushing and a touchdown in the first half. It was the exact run out yeah. that you wanted. It's kind of set up for Josh Allen too, though. I it mean, is. For them to go on this run. How many interceptions does he have? Josh he leads the league. That's a little bit of a yeah. hindrance. Yeah. But he's also number two in QBR. Right. He's in the top three in EPA per play. Like a lot of the advanced numbers, like and those people that really put those numbers to like, like they love them. 
they love Josh Allen for MVP. So we'll see what happens here. The only thing I think I'm certain about with the MVP, I think that Purdy's just done. That's the only thing I would say, like, for sure. Other than that, I think every other scenario could come into play. But, hey, that's where we sit. Uh, speaking of that game, Lamar hosts the Miami Dolphins and his Baltimore Ravens. Uh, right now, Baltimore, a three-point favorite. There's some three-and-a-halves as well in the market here where we're sitting at Circa. There's a three-and-a-half. DraftKings has a three-and-a-half. The total is 47. Do you guys like Baltimore in this spot? Seems like it's a tough spot coming uh, off a short week here. Yeah, how about an up-teaser that like yours, the syndicate talks about? Mm-hmm. How about a six-and-a-half-point teaser? Ravens and Raiders. I mean, Ravens, sorry. Dolphins and Raiders up to 10. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah. It's right up to Syndicate's alley right, right there. I kind of like that. I mean, I'd, I'm a huge fan of, of, of the Ravens and everything they've done. I, this is a tough spot. I would never lay three and a half. And you can convince me maybe to lay one and a half or two. Um, I think the Dolphins keep this close. I don't think the Dolphins played that great, but they were able to get that monkey off their back and beating a team with a winning record. And now, I mean, this is the one and two seed. This is a game for the bye, right? So it's right there in front of them. I respect McDaniel a lot as a play caller. They present a lot of problems for any defense. Uh, And we'll see. Can the Ravens follow it up? Here's a a trend stat. You know, sometimes the trend is your friend. But take this for what you want. Under Lamar Jackson, after coming off a straight-up win as an underdog, they're 0-8 against the spread. Mm. The Ravens. So, mm-hmm. I know that Miami's defense has improved. Uh, I think from a matchup standpoint, too, outside of Lamar Jackson breaking down plays, breaking down your defense, and being Lamar Jackson, uh, that that's what did San Francisco in big time. Um, can he do that again? Perhaps he could. Uh, you know, I, I think Baltimore at this point would like to see him do that. Um, but Miami, with a lot of team speed. Uh, I'd be curious to see how they feel about that. And then also the matchup situation that they have on the defense side of the ball, uh, trying to limit the point output from Baltimore uh, and see if that offense can get into rhythm uh, and, you know, explore some points. Tariq Hill is going to be a big part, big factor, no waddle. Um, so uh, Tua is going to have his hands full too, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's why, you know, more than one possession from a teaser standpoint uh, appeals to a lot of people. Doesn't this sort of feel like a lower scoring game? Like, I know it's like, it's like, oh, it's Miami, it's Baltimore, and like these quarterbacks, these offenses. But to me, when I hear everybody talk about this, it feels like we might get a lower scoring affair here because, I mean, factor in Jalen Waddle, he's already been ruled out with the high ankle sprain. I mean, we're probably not going to see him until the playoffs. We can break that news already if it's a high ankle. Um, and then Baltimore coming off of that performance to where offensively it wasn't great. They were put up in pretty good positions with all the turnovers that their defense right. forced. This feels like under 47 would could be the play here in this contest. I, I'd have to look at it early. Yeah. Because I I could also see a wide open game if it starts fast. Sense? It depends on how the game starts yeah. to me. Yeah. A lot of big plays for Baltimore, obviously. And, you know, Lamar is a big part of that. Uh, but those are, are, they're not high percentage plays. Those are low percentage type of plays. And the consistency of that or, or you try to rely on stuff like that, that gets you in trouble. Speaking of low percentage plays, how about that Kansas City Chiefs offense, huh? huh. Uh, they're hosting Cincinnati here this week, and they're six and a half point favorites. So this has come off of the key number of seven. We're now down to six and a half, total 44. Uh, I know from an injury standpoint, Legereus Sneed, he's popped up on the injury report here, the number one corner for Kansas City. If he doesn't play in this game and then the Bengals get Jamar Chase back, you can see kind of why we've kind of moved through that key number here. But is this a buy low spot here for Kansas City, or do you want nothing to do with what's going on there with the Chiefs offense? I mean, if you want to make the argument for Cincinnati, they play here every year in the playoffs. I mean, these teams are very familiar for not being divisional foes. Mm-hmm. You talk about the yep. familiarity breeds close games, yep. and you might want to take six and a half, but I, I won't have a play on this game. 
No, no play yet. Um, uh, Jamar chases everything because I, I think with Jamar and T on the field, that offense is different. The offense for Browning is different. It, Zach Taylor is different. Uh, I mean, you, you think about a quarterback and how important they are to a situation. When you take one of those two guys off the field, it just changes things for for Cincinnati from a philosophy standpoint. I'm not impressed with their defense. Uh, you know, Kansas City, they just have a lot of problems. They don't have enough playmakers, consistent playmakers. And, you know, Patrick's trying to do a lot on his own, whereas he can't do that. I mean, I, I think he's starting to realize that. So um, I, I don't expect Kansas City kind of blow them away. Uh, I can't lay six and a half now, but uh, I, as they get closer to, to the game time, I, I think I'll make my decision whether or not I want to play it. But I, I have a lean towards Cincinnati. Here's a question for the two of you to close the year out. If if I gave you three teams, you get to pick any three teams, uh, and I'm going to bet you $1,000 if one of those three teams wins the Super Bowl, which three teams are you taking? Which three teams? Rich, you want to crack out uh, first? I have my answer. You go first. Um, I would have 49ers, yep. okay. number one. Yep. Baltimore, two. And who's three? That's the interesting question to me. Buffalo. Okay. Ooh, Rich? Um, I answered this with Tim yesterday. San Francisco. Uh, I would go Baltimore. Who's the third? Um, oh. It's a great question. It's a great question. It's a fun question, yeah. Because some will leave Baltimore out, right? Everybody's going to have San Francisco. Some will leave Baltimore out. I mean, I'm warming up to Cleveland a little bit. Mine was my answer is Chiefs. Chiefs still still have the pedigree. They still have Mahomes. They still have Reed. Somebody got to beat them. They're the champs. Chiefs offense versus we all agree though we're only we're singling San Francisco in the NFC. Chiefs offense versus the Cleveland Browns defense. What's more likely, Chiefs one and done, or they get back to the Super Bowl? He'll give you the answer next year. (laughs) (laughs) Tune in next Uh, Back to the Super Bowl. (laughs) Back to the Super Bowl. There we go. That does it for us. Happy New Year, everybody. Sharp Money is coming up next year on VCD Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.